right, well, welcome to Wednesday night. Come on in, grab a seat. Time to start church. If you're jumping in on live stream, it's good to have you tonight. Well, say hi to everybody you can turn around and see at your seat. Just turn around and say hi to them real quick, okay? Say hello. Good to have you. All righty. Well, I got a couple things to let you know about, then we'll get into uh, praise and worship tonight. Uh, don't forget uh, youth hangouts tonight. That's 5th to 12th grade. So right after worship's over, they're going to follow Eric right there. So make sure they run with him. And, of course, kids are with us for worship, and they will check in uh, for Kids Church after we're done with worship tonight. A uh, couple things real quick. Ladies, this Saturday, ladies bonfire, 6 o'clock at the Brown residence. There's a sign-up sheet in the back there. So if you have questions, you can see Sarah or you can see Margo. Um, come as you are. Come ready to have fun and bring something to eat. That's all you got to do. So if you haven't signed up yet and you want to do that, the sign-up sheet's back there. Uh, and also on the sign-up sheet is the address of the Brown residence. That way, um, if, if uh, you don't know where they live, you can find it. Anyways, questions, see them. Also, uh, this coming Sunday is a fifth Sunday, and every fifth Sunday of the year, we have what we call one big family Sunday. In other words, all of the kids are with us for the entire service on Sunday morning. We love it. It's a great time. We're a multi-generational church. We have lots of kids. We don't always like to separate them out. We love when they're with us for service. They participate in the service. Yes, it's a little louder. Yes, it's a little bit more messy, but we like it. So that's this Sunday morning. Uh, so be here for that. It'll be a good time. Other than that, stand up on your feet. Let's uh, worship Jesus tonight. I lay my burdens down. Yoke is easy now. What a friend I found in you. I lay my burdens down. My yoke. friend I found in you. Cause you're the
storms may wait for spring in every season from where I'm standing I see the evidence of your goodness all over my life all over my life I see your promises all over my life, all over my life. Help me remember when I'm weak. Fear may come, but fear will lead. You lead my heart to victory.
your family of faith.
can't stop knocking my everybody. Hey Amen. We'll give everybody a second to get their kids checked in downstairs and uh, get back up here. How, how many of you are, are, are going through something? Let me see. Anybody? Let, let me tell you something. God, God is not going to get you through. He's already getting you through. He hasn't been waiting. Now, the thing is, sometimes we don't always catch it and understand it while it's happening, but God is getting you through currently because uh, how many know that God does not leave you? He doesn't get busy somewhere else. He doesn't forget about you. Not like, you know, Lori is, is uh, creation 1B, 500 million, 58, whatever, and he forgot about that number. That's not the way it works. He knows you by name. He knows the number of hairs on your head. And, you know, if that's the truth, he has to keep up on me every day because every day there, there's some going. So he's got to keep up on me. He can't forget about me, Right. So God does not, he is getting you through. I believe that. So, so hang on, hang on. Whatever it is you're going through, he's getting you through, and you're going to get through. You're, and what's going to happen is <clears throat> you're going to have a testimony. A testimony is that you express the goodness of God in whatever situation you had. Well, what are you supposed to do with the testimony? Testify. So, so uh, when you get through, don't keep it to yourself. Tell somebody. Let somebody know what the goodness of God is because that's part of your witness of who God is, right? And I, I think sometimes we think uh, witnessing is going door to door and cold calling people about Jesus. You, you can do that, but uh, best testimony is, is your witness of the goodness of God the best way to share him is to testify. Because 
here's the thing. You may not be a Bible scholar, but you have your story, and you know your story better than anybody. You're a scholar in your own story. So tell somebody your story, right? Okay. Tithe and offering. If you have something to give, uh, there are envelopes in the ch uh, chairs in front of you. If not, wave your hand around. One of the ushers will help you out. And since Judah, just stand up and pray over the offering for me since you're coming in, all right? What happens when you come in after worship? You have to pray over the offering. I'm kidding. <laughs> you can bring it. While we're waiting, does, does anybody here actually have a testimony? You stand up right at your seat. Go ahead, Haley. Yeah, well, you, you can't testify hiding, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Haley. Maybe one more. One more. Emily, you want to? Everybody say hi, Emily. Hi. We had the opportunity to baptize her not long ago, so if you didn't know, that's Emily. If you can't hear something like that and then believe that God can't do anything, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know. That's good, good stuff right there. All right, good deal. Get your Bibles out. Thanks, ladies. I love that. James chapter 4. We're, we're still, 
doing our Wednesday thing, things you ask for. So uh, a few months ago, uh, we had a survey out there, and part of the survey was uh, things that maybe you'd like me to touch on, share about uh, on a Wednesday or whatever. And so that's what we're doing. Now, now tonight, uh, a lot of it was a question or a phrase. Tonight, it was just one word that was in the survey that came back to me. And I, I wasn't sure exactly the, uh, I don't know what you, the, the way the, the person that put it in there was, was thinking about it, but the word is submission. We're going to talk about submission tonight. So uh, James chapter 4 and verse number 4, and we're, the, the start of this verse here, James writing, I mean, he's getting after some people, but James 4, 4 says, you adulterous people, my goodness, he's, he's, just, he's just like bringing a hammer. You adulterous people, and that, that echoes Old Testament, uh, some of the wording and, and theme of the Old Testament that the, the Israelites were adulterous people uh, through their relationship with God, with foreign gods and things that they were doing. Uh, but James continues right here, says, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. In other words, it's not, it's not that you can't have acquaintances and friendships with people that are not saved, but uh, participating in the sin of the world is friendship with the world. That's how you become an adulterous people, okay? So we must abstain from the sin of the world. Verse 5, or you suppose it is to no purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us. Did you know that God is a jealous God? But his jealousy is not a negative context jealousy, but it's a jealousy that stems from love and his creation and his desire to save his lost creation. He's jealous after you. But he gives more grace. Therefore, it says God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So verse 7, and here's uh, that word submit. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. you now, we, we could preach a whole message on that right there. Resist the devil, and he will do what? He'll flee. Now, that means you've got to learn how to resist. There's got to be some resisting on your part. In other words, you've got to learn how to stand up, hold your ground, fight back a little bit, right? Resist the devil. It doesn't say resist the devil and he'll eventually overcome you anyways. No, you resist him. He has no choice but to flee. So in other words, when the enemy gets placed in your life, it's because you become adulterous with the world. You opened the door and you invited him in and said, let's have some coffee. How about we don't do that? Lock the door, shut it. Eventually he's going to flee, right? So resist the devil. He'll flee from you. Draw near to God. So here's the opposite. Draw near to God. And he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. In other words, in forgiveness. Uh, be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy into gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. And, and the reason we turn our laughter into mourning and joy into gloom is we understand a state of our sin, but we must turn that around. So we, we have a, uh, the Bible says, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Part of that is an understanding of the lostness of the world. But then we find comfort in our mourning that God is here to change that, right? Submit to God, and uh, ultimately what it's saying there 
then God will be able to draw near to you. Submit to him. The word submit um, is to accept or, or to yield to an authority outside of yourself. And as a result, you submit to a particular process or a condition. In other words, we must learn to submit to God and therefore submit to the process of what it means to live with God. Submit to him. Give yourself to it. So here's the thing. At some point, you need to come to the place that you have a revelation that God is who God says that he is. And that Jesus is who the scriptures testify that he is. This is a revelation. And when you come to a revelation like that, it helps you then submit to him. Right? So you, you just think about this. Think through it a second. If I come to a revelation that as the Bible says, in the beginning, God created. That's a big deal. In other words, there is a being out there whom we can't see, yet as the Bible says, he spoke into existence everything you do see. Now, that's pretty wild if you think about it. That, that being is powerful, knowledgeable, it's outside of what he makes. I mean, we could talk about this for a long time of what that means about who God is. When you start to have a revelation of God in that context, you go, my goodness. I want to, in, in the best way I can, get to know him because he's offering that. But if he is that all-powerful, if he's that all-knowing, if that's really who he is, then I understand my place in creation. There's a revelation in that. And I come underneath him because he's creator and I'm not. I come underneath him because he who is who he is. And I am a part of creation that he makes out of love that he desires relationship with, but yet there is a way to be. So I learn how to submit. See, people have trouble submitting to an idea of God or the things that God has said in part because they don't have a revelation of who he is. See what I'm getting at? So our revelation of God helps us learn how to submit to him. So anybody that struggles with submitting to God, so, so notice this is in the context of you adulterous people, why are you still fooling around with the ways of the world? Why are you still a friend with the sin of the world? Look, you've got to come out of that and submit to God. Now, submitting to God brings you out of it, but part of bringing you out of it, he says, now here is a way to live. People that have struggled submitting to that idea of living a certain way in part is because they don't have the revelation of who God is. By the way, our salvation and our ability to live with him only happens because God himself submitted to the cross. That's what Jesus did. And it's only through his submission to the cross that we have the opportunity to be saved and have a relationship with him. But submission... And, and this is the big thing right here. Submission to God involves trust. That's what faith is. Faith is trust in action. It, it is giving myself entirely over to him 
and simply the things that he has said and what he has marked out as in the midst of this lost world that, that is far from me, live this way. And we have to learn how to submit. Listen to me. That's hard for people. I've come across a lot of people, in fact, almost everybody, that we don't like somebody telling us what to do. I may know what I'm talking about. We don't like it. We don't like somebody coming to our life and say, hey, guess what? That's wrong. Change. Do this instead. We don't like it. But if you really want to live within what God has for you in the abundance of the freedom of life, it takes submission to be there. And, and there's a trust involved that you trust. And again, we say this here so much. Let me keep pounding this into your mind. That we trust that his way is the best way. There's, there's a lot of ways you can live. There's a lot of avenues you can take. But you have to trust that when God says it's the best way, that is actually the best way. Right? So, so when the Bible says something like, hey, uh, Hebrews 4, the marriage bed should be pure. In other words, when you get there, they should be your first. Well, what's the big deal, God? We love each other. We're planning on being together later in marriage. And we have all these reasons why it should be okay. But when you know God says it, you trust that his way is the best way, even when you don't understand. So being a youth pastor for as long as I was, that's the question I'm getting. Well, why do I have to wait? Well, God said, well, why? Because he said. We can get into all the details of how relationships get messed up and all the things that can happen to your heart and all these different things. And when two become one flesh, that's actually a big deal. We can talk about that. But how about we just start with because God said. Are you willing to submit to all those kind of things? You know, language that is not becoming of a, a Christian, things that in our society we consider curse words. What's the big deal if I hit my thumb with a hammer and blurt one out? I ain't hurting nobody. I'm just expressing I got hurt. The Lord said, you got to learn how to control your tongue. That's also in James. What's the big deal? What he said. You can, you can make all the, well, I, I just don't really think that's a curse word. Okay, now we're going to argue the semantics because you want to hold on to something while there's a conviction in your heart telling you no. I mean, what I'm getting at. Are we willing to submit to things when we don't understand it, don't like it, but we really know that the Lord is leading us into certain things, right? So, by, by the way, that trust has to go into everything you don't understand. And you're going to run into that. You're not going to understand why he wants you to live this way or do that and not do that. Well, well there's a whole reason that his ways are higher than our ways. There's a whole reason he's God and we are not. There, there's a whole reason that he knows the destruction of things that we can't understand, in other words, destruction that comes to our life when we're not submitting to his ways, he understands things a lot better than us, put it that way. 
We have to learn to trust him with what we don't understand. Well, why is it a big deal? Right? But I think James, he, he hits it on the head because right before he says, submit yourselves therefore to God, he said, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. God opposes the proud, but he, listen to this. If I know and I have a clear revelation from the scriptures or, or whatever that the Lord has set forth that don't do this, okay? And I go, so? Wait a second. Who said that? In the beginning, God created the all-powerful, almighty God that makes all things, and you're going to argue with him. So, so how many of you ever had a kid in your household that just loved to argue with you? And you're just thinking, you prideful little snot. You don't know what you're talking about. Just listen to me. How many know what I'm talking about? You argue with God like that. You argue with him and make excuses why what he said doesn't matter or doesn't, you know, have to be for your life or, or maybe for today. It's not, that's just old, old Bible. That's 2,000 years ago. What, does it really have to apply today? And you do all that stuff, and you argue with them. That's pride. That's an argument you're not going to win. God opposes the proud. What causes you not to submit? Pride. It's as simple as that. Pride. Well, I, I just want to think it through. Pride. I'll get there someday, but, it, but I'm just not ready now. Well, if you know it in Revelation, now work on it. Don't make excuses. Those excuses come out of pride. Remember the, the, when, when Adam and Eve ate of the tree of knowledge and good and evil? Ultimately, that was a rejection of God said this, and we think, well, I think maybe we're going to do it anyways. Rooted in pride thinking they're going to gain something that God was keeping from them. By the way, Christians do that a lot. Why, why, why can't I do that? I guess God's trying to keep me from having fun. Sort of like a jail, you know, being in jail, being a Christian. Are you, are you kidding? It's about freedom. The moment Adam and Eve ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, they lost their freedom in God. Even though it was desirous to them. They had one rule. Adam got to name all the animals. My goodness, they were walking around. They had one rule. That's it. Be, oh, be fruitful, multiply. They had one rule. Don't eat of that tree. That's it. And pride covered up in, well, is it really that bad for us? sin to come into the world. Pride versus humility. As a matter of fact, if you really pay attention to a lot of the things that Jesus was dealing with and, and, and parables he told and stuff, a lot of it was rooted and he was dealing with pride. The, the, the parable of the, uh, the religious man, the Pharisee, praying before God. 
God, I tithe and I give and I do all the other religious practices. I, thank goodness I'm not like that guy over there. You know what that is? Pride. Getting after pride. The older brother who wouldn't come celebrate with the younger brother who came home when God ran, the father ran to meet him, symbolic of God running to meet us and bringing us home. He wouldn't celebrate with him. I've been here the whole time doing what you want me to do. I don't get no parties. Pride. Jesus was constantly dealing with pride in the things he was, he was talking about. See, what happens is, see, without God, all things are actually permissible. You think about it. Because without God, man is left to his own devices to figure out right and wrong, good and evil, what's proper and what's not proper. And we will tragically fail without him. Tragically. Without God, all things are permissible and all things end in destruction. When God comes in and says, okay, this is the narrow road right here. It's called the narrow road for a reason. And actually, in that, that little passage uh, in the Sermon on Mount when Jesus is talking about that, some of the translations, the, the way the wording is, and the way is narrow and the way is hard. And there's a reason fewer people are on the narrow road than the wide road. Because this way of living takes a whole lot of submission to things that God has said that the people on the wide road are not willing to live. See that? We come to submission because God is trying to do something to bring us life. My brother, my brother was a horse trainer before he passed away a few years ago. He specifically trained Morgan horses to breed a horse. Um, so, so my family had horses. My dad had horses, uh, something they had. So he, he was a, a, a trainer for Morgan horses, show horses, carriage horses, whatnot. My grandfather even, he loved horses so much, he went and bought an Amish buggy to ride around town, whatever. So um, I was not a horse guy. I was playing sports a lot. My brother spent all his time in a barn. I spent all my time playing sports. Okay, but I've seen him in the process of breaking horses. See, now, that's not, I'm not devaluing the value of a horse outside of it, but being useful to a human being, a horse is no good unless it's broken. Can't ride it, can't pull anything with it. That's what I'm getting at. Up until machinery was made, if we weren't able to tame and break animals, we would have got nothing done. Nothing planted, nothing. You know what I'm talking about? No, no travel, nothing. So my brother spends time uh, training these horses, and, and he'd he breed them, they have foals, and, and just from the time they start growing up, he starts to deal with them. But I, I've seen him deal with some of the ones that are just buggers. Well, fight them. Taking time to, I mean, they're, they're, he's had some that, that they're mean horses. They're not all mean, but some of them be mean. You get in there, and they nip at you. A little sidekick at you, you know. They, they can be nasty animals if they want to. And he's had to break these horses. It's a process, but unless they learn to submit, they're not useful for anything, according to us, anyways. Same thing with God. If we are not willing to submit, we become unuseful to him in the purposes and the designs and the plans that he has for you. It's not just about the abundance of life, but also is the purposes that God gave you will never come out in the fullness of what he gave them to you for unless you learn to submit to him because you can't do them without him. 
I'm getting at. So we've got to willingly submit. Uh, there, there's a scripture, and I, I didn't think to, to write it down. The scripture of Jesus is saying, look, you either fall on the rock or the rock will fall on you. You willingly give yourself over or eventually, whether or not you like it, the rock will fall on you. That's the way the things will work. So I would much rather submit now. Give my pride over now. Not only because of, of understanding that living without God ends in destruction, I want the abundance of life now, but also I want to do the things that God has placed in my life to do. I want to live to the fullest that I can live in him here and now. But I can't do it unless I submit. Well, we, we live in America. America, part of it, we're built on rugged individualism. The cowboy, you know, the, 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 the frontiersman, right? Do it yourself. Be strong enough. Be tough enough. There's nothing wrong with that unless you think you don't need God. Unless you don't think you need to submit to him. Unless you think, I'm doing well enough, I just need you when I need you. I'm doing good enough, I'll just need you when I need forgiveness. Other than that, I, I, I got this figured out, God. You've got to learn, Christianity is not like, a, if your life was made up a bunch of boxes, let's say, Christianity is not a box that you add to your life. Christianity is the box you fall into. See? And you give yourself entirely over to his will and his ways. So the Lord's Prayer, uh, our Father who is in heaven, Father, relationship, again, intimacy. Uh, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right? So then it gives them, give us this day our daily bread provision. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Right? That, that's important. Uh, deliver us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil or the evil one. Right? But those things come after your willingness to say, your kingdom come, your will be done. And really the first place to start is in me. How does the kingdom of God come on earth here and now as it is in heaven? Right here. But it won't come right here unless you submit. Can't fight it. Got to trust him. And, and that trust, by the way, breaks out into a lot of different things. So if, if I will not submit to God in something I know in, in, from the scriptures is sin, okay? And I make excuse for it. I live in it. I won't trust him. Do you really think you're going to step out in faith when he asks you to do this or calls you to do this or, or purposes you to do this? No, it's not going to happen. You have to learn to deal with what's in you first. Because all these different things, there's so many different things in your life that are fighting for your allegiance. They're fighting for your attention. They're fighting for you to do it this way. It's, it's all, all around you. 
And the whole time, the still small voice is, is in your ear going, hey, hey, listen, listen to me. I've got the best way, right? Let, let me tell you how this is going to end. Philippians chapter number two. This is, this is a great uh, passage of, uh, that Paul writes here. Most, most don't think it's original to Paul, uh, that he drew it from somewhere. It may have been a saying that was uh, coming together within the early church or whatnot. But Philippians chapter 2, and uh, let's just jump in, verse number 5. It says, Have this in mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was, he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God as a thing to be grasped. So here comes this high Christology here in, in the book of Philippians. But he emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself, watch this, humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him every name that's above every name. Now watch this. This is the ending of things to come. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's the ending right there. That's the whole you that fall on the rock or eventually the rock will fall on you. Everybody is going to submit. One way or other. Tongue confessing, bowing down, that is full submission of, of what's in you. You think so you speak and physically responding. It's your whole being will submit to Jesus. It's going to happen. Now, I don't know about you. I don't want to wait until I get to that point. I want to learn how to submit now, right? Because, by the way, and there's other things in your life. So if, if you actually look through the scriptures and find the word submit, you'll see that part of the Christian life is learning how to submit to other people in certain situations. Very simply, in Ephesians, or Ephesians chapter 5, I believe it says, and submit to one another. Listen, if you don't submit to God, how are you going to submit to somebody else? See what I'm getting at? In other words, humility, humility is, is one of the traits of the Christian life that means so much to how to live the Christian life. Humility. I, I find we don't preach on humility in the church a lot. I'll tell you why. It's because we're worried about appearing weak. We're worried about appearing weak. Humility is not weakness, but it's actually a strength in him because it's of the kingdom of God that will not fade away. That's what, that's what humility is. And it brings you to a place where I'm not in this for myself to win every game being played in the world. What I'm after is kingdom come will be done here. So then I can be a light in the world out there. It will never happen unless you humbly submit before him. 
Humility is a big thing. So let's be people who very decidedly learn how to submit. Quit fighting with God. Quit arguing with him. Quit, quit putting a but on the end of the sentence. But God, what about this situation? What about that situation? All your hypotheticals, submit. His way is the best way. You, you think it's the best way when you get something, right? I, I want blessed. Bless me, Lord. I'll submit to the blessing. How about we learn to submit to his ways in the narrow road? So when God convicts you, listen to me. When the Lord convicts you, how many have ever been convicted about something? When the Lord convicts you, you know what that is? At that moment and for the next season it is the fight of your life because you're submitting to his conviction. You fight. Don't make excuse for it. Fight. When God purposes something in your life that you don't like it, guess what? Submit anyways. And do it. It, it was a time uh, we, we were sitting in church, and uh, I don't remember what it was, but I felt to give some money for something. And for us at that time, it was a pretty significant amount. It was hundreds of dollars. And I wasn't sure how to broach this conversation with her. Because not, not that it's against her. She minds our finances. So I'm more free in saying, hey, you know, because she deals. How many know what I'm talking about? She deals with it, so I'm more free in just, you know what I'm saying. So I wasn't sure how to broach. But I just said, hey. And it was amazing. She said, I was feeling the same thing, too. Now, let me tell you something. <clears throat> At the time in our life, there has been a lot of things we could have did with that money. In the moment. A lot of things. But submitting to, and it was just confirmation, right? I mean, especially if both of us felt it. I mean, come on. Submitting to the moment to give what we felt to give for that thing, right? See, learn, God teaches us. It's not, sometimes it's not just the action in the moment, but he's always teaching us in what he's asking of us. Because if I would have said no then, nah, Lord, you, you know this bill. You know we got to take care of this, right? It had been much easier for me to say no next time for something else, right? He's always teaching you and growing you when he comes with things that are of obedience. And that's why I said, if, if you won't deal with the conviction that, that you know in your life and you keep making an excuse for it, but you really think then you're going to submit when God tells you to step out in faith when, it, when it's actually a step of faith, it's not going to happen. Because your nose add up. Your nose add up. Let's submit. Let's give it over. Let, let, let's let him have his way. That's, listen to me, I'm telling you, that's the best thing. Let him have his way. It's the best thing. Because he's taking you somewhere. But, but don't be like one of my brother's horses that just wouldn't listen. Got to wrestle that thing. You may end up like Jacob on Sunday wrestling with God. That, that can be a good thing, but you're going to come out with a hip socket that was touched. You're going to be walking around like this. Right? 
So let's be people who are submissive to the will and the ways of God. Amen? How about this? Let's all just stand up. And I want you right now to, to commit yourself and say, Lord, once again, I give myself to you. In humility, I give myself to you that you can have your way. I give myself to you that you have all of my life. I give myself to you you can find offensive ways in me and change it. I give myself to you that I hold nothing back. I give myself to you in how I'm living, how I'm speaking, how I'm thinking, the things I'm watching, the kind of things I'm interacting with. I give myself to you. I submit. But, Lord, thank you for loving me enough to try to take me somewhere else (laughs) and do something new and bring the fullness of life. I thank you for that, Lord. That your ways are higher, your ways are the best, your ways are freedom. I want to live in those. Help me. Help us, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now listen to me. If you have conviction... Conviction about something in your life, and you've been messing around and not listening. Time to take care of it. Time to start fighting. Time to get a hold of your slingshot, walk out in that field, and, and have a fight. When you go out there, because the Lord brought the conviction, the Lord's going to be with you in it. He's going to help you overcome it. It's the fight of your life in the moment, so fight. But think about, think about the freedom on the other side. Think about the freedom on the other side. My goodness, the freedom. Amen. There's a testimony. Amen. Freedom. Lord, Lord help, us, help us where we're convicted. Help us where we are convicted. We're reengaging the fight. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, we all say Amen. All right. One big family. Uh, We're still doing questions that God asked Sunday. We're going to answer the question that God uh, asked Moses. What is that in your hand? That's what we're going to talk about Sunday. So be here for that. Have a blessed, blessed week. We'll see you on Sunday morning. Bring somebody out Sunday. Invite some friends.